It is the offseason for IU sports and college sports as a whole. So let's dive into some offseason content. Today we're going to look at three players for the Hoosiers men's basketball team that could make uh, big improvements during the offseason, potentially set themselves up for breakout season, all in today's episode. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Wednesday, or excuse me, Thursday, May 12th. Uh, this is Locked On Hoosiers, your daily source for IU athletics news, analysis. We'll have your previews and recaps during the season. We have you covered with the pros like Victor Oladipo, or college sports like we'll do today with the men's basketball team. Try to get everything in between as well. I'm your host as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every single day. Just a reminder, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where we premiere the episodes there, 7 a.m. daily. You guys can join in on the conversation uh, with a rapidly growing community over there, so don't get left behind. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. We're diving headfirst into some offseason topics as we start with men's basketball and three players that I think can set themselves up for a breakout season. I don't necessarily want to have the discussion on who could have a breakout season. We'll save that for down the road later in the offseason, maybe bring some people on for that as well. But talk about the players who might be a skill to or skill or two away from uh, setting themselves up for a bigger role and potentially a skill or two that they could learn during the offseason. So uh, players who could uh, maybe make the biggest jumps in the offseason might be the best way to phrase it. So I'm sure you guys have some names in, in mind. We'll see if uh, we're thinking of some of the same players. As always, though, you can subscribe to Locked on Hoosiers wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers or follow me on Twitter as well at Jacob Rude. First name that came to mind when I was thinking of this kind of idea and who could be setting who could set themselves up for this kind of jump to me the first name that came to mind is Tamar Bates Tamar Bates came in last offseason as a five-star recruit um his recruitment was so quick and kind of out of nowhere that I think there was a a little bit of maybe lack of hype maybe that was just me but it it seemed to happen so fast and it was part of the whirlwind of hiring Mike Woodson that uh, maybe went a little bit under the radar, but he came in last season as a five-star recruit, showed flashes early in the year, kind of fell out of the rotation a bit, and eventually was only playing less than 10 minutes a game, really, uh, late in the season, save for a couple of outings where uh, he played decently enough or, or IU really needed him, things of that nature. But if we're talking about someone who could really take a step forward in the offseason, I think it could be him. 
my main reasoning for that is there isn't a lot of like skill work that I think he needs to do. I think one of the biggest things he needs to do is add weight to his frame and just kind of mentally be more comfortable playing the game. We saw the um, ability he has to really be a three-level scorer, get to the rim. He he loves mid-range jumpers, as we saw. His three-pointer was streaky, and if there's maybe one skill that he could improve upon the most, it might be his three-point shot. But there were there were games where he was able to knock down a couple of them. Uh, the fact that those ended up typically being his best games was probably not a coincidence. Um, but I think as much as anything, it's just kind of physically just bulking up a bit um, and being able to take the bumps from Big Ten defenders, maybe give uh, players bumps himself um, on the defensive end, and being able to withstand excuse me, a full Big Ten season because those can be grueling and exhausting. So getting your body right to do that and just mentally being comfortable with playing in the Big Ten. And that's not to say that he necessarily did anything wrong in that uh, since it's just that playing in the Big Ten, playing college basketball in general is, is a whole different mindset than playing in high school. So it's it's a step up, and you're suddenly playing against really really good competition. So um, kind of adjusting in that front takes some time as well. So the good news is that Tamar has a whole season of Big Ten basketball underneath him now. And I think that's going to be. Uh, really important for him to look back upon, look at uh, when things went right, what was he doing? When things went wrong, what was he doing? And building from that, and then um, confidence wasn't something he seemed to ever really lack. So I think that's an important part. It's just more comfort than confidence that I think he's going to uh, need to find. He need, need to know where he can get his shots, how he can get his shots, when to attack, when to shoot threes, things of that nature. And those are all things that you can pretty easily figure out during the offseason, especially when you have tape of your first season that you can look back upon. So for me, I think Tamar Bates could really set himself up for a really big second season with a strong offseason. We talked he can improve that three-point shot. That was shaky at times. Um, And... He only shot 29% from the three-point line, but as much as anything, it's not necessarily skill work he has to do. I'm not saying he has all the skills, uh, but certainly I think more than that is maybe some of the physical and mental aspects of college and Big Ten basketball. All these guys we're going to mention are perimeter players, and the next one that I think could set themselves up for a really big jump is someone who played a pretty big role in the Hoosiers this season. So we'll take a look at who that is for my second choice here in just a moment. First, we need to talk about today's sponsors, Bet Online. Our partners over at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs. We've talked a ton about. Heat can close out the series against. Uh, Philly tonight, be sure to tune into that one, and we'll talk about Vic in tomorrow's episode. 
uh, as well as Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. Make sure to go check out Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and the author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look at the NBA Draft uh, with mock drafts, player rankings, and of course, big boards. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. I'm sure those guys at some point will talk about Trace in the next week or so. As we've mentioned multiple times, he'll be in the draft combine next week. So uh, all your draft coverage needs, head on over to NBA Big Board. Let's talk Trey Galloway. I don't know if that's a name you guys had in mind, but I think he's someone who could take a really big step this offseason. And I've mentioned why a couple different times. Let's start off with what he did this season. He only played 20 games, which um, the Hoosiers really needed him, if I'm being frank. He's someone that during the the first stint when he was injured, I didn't quite realize what Indiana was missing until he comes back in that Ohio State game. And just immediately the impact he had on the team was apparent. And I think he took Indiana up a level and it led to them upsetting Ohio State. And he was immediately playing big minutes for Indiana, closing pretty much every game he played in and just being a vital part of this team. Then he injures his, I believe it was his hamstring uh, during that Wisconsin game late in the, or about middle of February, I think. He's out for about another month, three weeks or so. That's when you could really feel what, IU was missing by not having him available. That energy, that defense. He comes back, immediately plays almost 30 minutes in that win over Michigan and plays out the rest of the regular season. So whenever he was available, he gave everything he had to Indiana and you admire him for that, uh, but he needs to be more available. And I think that's one of the biggest things because with him, Indiana was 12 and 8. Uh, and that includes tournament games where they lost to Iowa on that nonsense we don't need to talk about, and they got blown out by St. Mary's. So um, they were really good when he was on the court, but he just needs to be on the court more. So physically, just making sure, again, like Tamar Bates, he's able to uh, endure a Big Ten season. But Unlike Tamar Bates, I think there's one really big glaring weakness in Trey Galloway's game, and that's his three-point shot. Uh, He shot 21.4% this season. That is an improvement (laughs) over last season where he shot 18.2%. So his two years combined, he has 12 of 61, which is 19.7%. If he wants to be an even bigger role player on this team. If he has any hopes of competing at the next level, that three pointer has to take a pretty drastic step forward. And that's going to be the biggest thing he has to work on this off season. Now he flashed an ability late in the season to be a bit more of a ball handler. It was, it came up in that 
infamous Northwestern game where IU had six guys available and he had to play point guard. It didn't look awful. It looked pretty awful the next week when he basically played backup point guard and really struggled, I thought. But as kind of a secondary playmaker, as someone who you could theoretically play off of Xavier Johnson and Jalen hood Shafino next season, you could see something there. He, he got to the rim. He could finish at the rim, set up guys along the way. There was something there when you don't need him to be the primary creator. So, and I don't think Indiana will need that next season. Xavier Johnson and Jalen hood Shafino, one of them should be on the court basically at all times next year. So I think, um, if he can develop that part of his game, continue to get to the rim to find teammates in that regard, that would be nice and that would help him remain productive. I guess overall he just needs to have a better offensive game because so much of what he brought to the table was intangible. There was like I use energy level really picked up when he was on the court, I thought, and they were a lot more active. He's just a type of player that comes off the bench and provides a spark to go with that old cliche. And I think defensively you could measure some of the stuff with what he was able to do last season. Um, And he had moments where he was absolutely a lockdown guy. He had Jaden Ivey so frustrated he drew a technical foul on him in that game in Assembly Hall. Um, Jaden Ivey individually got a bit of the last laugh with the second half he had, but There were moments where he looked really, really good defensively, and I think he'll be able to continue to bring that next season. But if he wants to be someone we've talked, I think there's a a wide open spot in the starting lineup uh, alongside Jalen hood Shafino and Xavier Johnson. You're going to have two of Race Thompson, Trace Jackson Davis, and Malik Renault starting, depending on whether Trace returns or not. There's a wide open spot kind of in that small forward or third guard role. Trey Galloway absolutely could take that spot, but I think he's going to have to really start to show a three-point shot uh, because the more tape that teams get on him, the more they're just going to completely ignore him as an offensive threat, and that's really going to bog things down for Indiana. And that was a problem overall for the Hoosiers, and at times when he didn't close games, that was as much of the reasoning as anything is because they wanted to get the ball into Trace, and when you have someone like Trey Galloway who is just a non-shooter on the floor – Uh, you're able to completely ignore him and focus all your or even more attention on Trace. So if he can learn to punish teams uh, with his three-point shooting, that's a really big step forward. doesn't even need to be like an elite shooter, just 33 34 35% uh, average shooter, and suddenly he is an extremely valuable player, a player who can play defense at a high level, brings a lot of energy, can get to the rim, be a bit of a playmaker, and just an average three-point shooter, and he's going to play a lot of minutes and a lot of games. And I don't mean to to simplify it and say all he needs to do is add a three-pointer. There's a lot more to it, but that one skill, I think, could make him take a really big jump to next season and potentially an even bigger role than the one he had, which was already a pretty big role, 20 minutes a night in the 20 games he played, closing out a lot of games. So... I think he's someone that that one thing is is really what he's missing. And as I said, there's other aspects he can add, but that one thing, that three point shot, if he can add that this off season, then he really, really could be ready for a big junior season in Bloomington. 
Last name we're going to talk about is somebody I'm sure you guys have been screaming about in your head each of these times. Might be a fairly obvious one, but we'll see based on what you guys are thinking here in just one moment. Last person I think can really set themselves up for a big season next year with this offseason, Jordan Geronimo. I'm sure that's a name that most of you guys were thinking about when I kind of explained this topic. He's a name that a lot of IU fans are really excited about. A player, I should say, a lot of IU fans are really excited about. He's someone that we obviously talked a lot about the the transfer debate with him. Will he or won't he? Ultimately, he was returning. Doesn't sound like anything was even that serious about him leaving. And now he is set up for a potentially big third season in Bloomington. He finished the season stronger than... Just about anybody not named Trace Jackson Davis uh, with his play in the tournament, whether Big Ten or NCAA, he was enormous in that play-in game and headed it in, headed into the offseason with a lot of momentum. There's a number of different ways that Jordan Geronimo could take steps forward, and it's not as simple as with Tamar Bates or with Trey Galloway. You can kind of pinpoint things that, yeah, if he does this thing, then he's going to take a step forward. Jordan Geronimo is just this ball of raw potential that can be molded in lots of different ways. We saw last season at times he was uh, a top rebounder who was able to fight with a lot bigger guys, use that leaping ability, and rebound the basketball. There were times when he was a three-point shooter. In that Wyoming game, he knocked down a couple big three-pointers. And in between, there were a lot of times where there were moments at Nebraska game on the road where he just suddenly became a really good mid-range shooter and knocked down a couple of those. I'm not really entirely sure what the final product of Jordan Geronimo is going to look like, nor do I think we'll necessarily see it this season. But I, I think overall, if you're able to mold that, all that raw potential and start to turn it into more skill that we saw this season, he took a step forward in terms of being someone that was potentially good to he was a valuable role player throughout this season. The stats only show that he played or he averaged 4.4 points and 3.6 rebounds in 12 minutes per game. Um, they were really loud four points and three rebounds because a lot of them were dunks. If we're talking the points, the rebounding always looks spectacular just with his leaping ability, but he was able to impact the game in a lots of ways. He was able to step into different roles. Um, he was someone that if Trace or Race got into foul trouble, he could come in and step in and help out. Uh, there were limited times he kind of played more on the perimeter, but I think that's somewhere you could really see him move to this offseason. IU has, a we just talked about it, the glaring hole they have at small forward. On paper, Jordan Geronimo would fit that 6'6 uh, athletic player. That's exactly what NBA teams want. So if he's able to develop a bit more of a perimeter game, whether in the form of becoming a more reliable shooter, he only attempted 29 threes, hit nine of them this year, 31%. Uh, if he's able to improve his three-pointer and just a simple like dribble drive game for when teams close out too hard and get to the rim, uh, we saw he has a, a knockdown mid-range jumper at times as well, so he that would help utilize that. Things like that, 
you could very quickly start to see him become um, a legitimate piece, valuable piece for this team. Because if IU can find just some length on the perimeter, that's one of their biggest weaknesses as well as three-point shooting as a whole. But length on the perimeter is something they need. So if he's someone that can develop a bit more foot speed, a little bit more discipline, uh, so he's not fouling as much. He averaged almost five fouls a game per 40 minutes. Uh, obviously, he's not going to play 40 minutes, but someone that I think a lot of times found himself in foul trouble just with his eagerness. If he can get a little bit more discipline and just carve out a little bit more skill uh, from that potential, then we're looking at somebody that's going to be really special. The OG and Obi comparisons are there. I've given them. I understand why they're there. OG was able to take that potential he had and mold it into being an elite defensive player and a good enough spot up three point shooter, but someone that could get to the rim as well. And that's what he's built upon in the NBA. That's something like that's going to need to be the next step for Jordan Geronimo is uh, becoming a a shooter, um, becoming a more reliable offensive threat. And if he can do that, then he fills a really big need for Indiana and really sets himself up for a big third season in Bloomington as well. Let me know what you guys think. If there's somebody I left off, if there's one of these guys that you think could make a jump or set themselves up for a jump in another way, let me know whether on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers, uh, in the YouTube comments if you're watching us over there, uh, or leave it in a review as well. Let us know what you think, who could set themselves up, for a big jump this offseason. Thanks again for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you tomorrow to talk Miami, Philly, Game 6, and Victor Oladipo's performance, and then do the same exercise for the women's basketball team as well. Now make your second listen the Locked on Big Ten podcast with Nate Dickinson. I was on there today talking women's basketball in the Big Ten. Obviously gave IU lots of love. Talked some Iowa, some Maryland. Um, everything in between, whether Indian or whether the Big Ten can kind of close that gap with the elite programs in the country. So be sure to go check that out after you're, you're done here. Thanks for all the love, as always, you guys. Follow us on Twitter again at lo underscore Hoosiers. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Please helps us out a ton, as does leaving a quick rating and review. Most importantly, though, guys, I want everybody to have a tremendous Thursday in LEO.